This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. You know what this is by now, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I know I say that all the time, but it's important to us. It should be important to you. Subscribe, rate, and review. We're brought yeah, to you. Hook by, us up. Yeah, hook us up. We're brought to you by betonline.ag. Let's get to it right now. Breaking news this morning in the NFL, Greg. Even though I feel like it's not so breaking, we knew yeah. it was going to come. We knew this was going to happen. Adam Schefter. Just a little while ago, reporting that Deshaun Watson has officially requested a trade from the Houston Texans. Yeah, I think, uh, like you said, and I even think Schefter alluded to this, that he had requested it weeks ago. It's just the sort of finality of it. And and basically, this this is the line of no return between the Texans and Deshaun Watson. Like, this is... uh, it's it's going to happen. He is not going to be a Houston Texan next year um, or at any point in his career. Um, he's done there. And yeah. if people say, well, he's just bluffing and this or that. Look, Deshaun Watson is a uh, he's a very principled young man. Yep. Uh, he 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 takes his words very seriously. He understands his impact. He understands when to wield it uh, and when not to. And he has done so here, so he is not going to play. And if the Texans refuse to trade him, he will sit out. And and actually, it's it's kind of a brilliant move by his him and his agent to get that contract extension with the Texans last year. Because if he if he didn't take his contract extension and say he, I think either he'd be going into last year of his deal, or he would be under the franchise tag this year. The team would have all the control. They. They, they wouldn't have to trade him. Uh, if he sat out, he wouldn't get his year towards free agency. He right. would be very limited as, in his options. Now he has all the options. Yep. And he he has all the control. And he will sit out. He's made plenty of money. He got his signing bonus last year. Thanks, Bill O'Brien. And he's set for life. So he doesn't need to play football anymore. And if the Texans don't do what he wants them to do, then uh then it's going to be it's going to get really messy. The best thing for the Texans to do is to make a deal as quick as possible. Uh move on from this, get your next quarterback of the future and and start the rebuilding and also healing process with Texans fans because I I I, I don't know a lot of them and 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 I know people down there in the Houston media I don't know if they're going to get over this anytime soon. This is a this is a disaster of epic proportions for the Houston Texans, and it all goes back to a little man called Jack. <laughs> it is it is catastrophic for that organization. There's so much to unpack, and I do think, for obvious reasons, there's a Patriots link with this story because of the people who are making the decisions down in Houston. First of all, Watson's contract. He signed the extension after year three of his rookie deal, which means he was heading into his fifth year this season in 2021. So they still have the fifth year on that contract, whoever trades for him, and then his extension kicks in. Secondly, when you look at this decision by Watson, people look at it, and I've heard this during my radio show here in Virginia during the day, Monday through Friday, 4 to 7 ESPN Radio 94. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, doing the show, I've heard people go, oh, you know, 
why is he just a petulant athlete? He's just being a whiny baby. But And I'm like, first of all, if you know anything about Watson, that's not his comportment. It's not his mm-hmm. makeup. It's not his character. This is somebody who is, from what I understand, the highest character dude that you could meet. On yep. the field, off the field, does everything right. Everything right. This is a question of trust, Greg. The owner looked Deshaun Watson in the face, looked him in the eyes and said, you are going to be a part of the process. We are going to sit down with you and have you speak for the players and speak for that locker room. And nothing that Watson asked for. And by the way, Watson never asked Cal McNear to hire, quote unquote, his guy. He gave a list of suggestions and just wanted to be brought in to have a conversation with whoever they were going to hire so he could represent the players and and, and let that person know what that team had gone through with Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell, et cetera, et cetera. And he's on vacation. He finds out via Twitter that the hire of Nick Casario happens. He finds out that the suggestions that he made for head coach possibilities, Eric Bieniemy, Robert Sala, you know, those guys, Sala not interviewed, Bieniemy interviewed much later in the process. I don't think coincidentally after Watson's public beef got out there and we found out he wanted Bieniemy. And it, that to me was Cal McNair going, all right, well, we'll talk to Bieniemy to make us look good. Like we're, we're appeasing Watson. He right. knew that the whole time. Watson read it. Watson's gone. He's as good as gone. And it leads us directly into, because we have more about Watson and where he might end up, but it leads us into the other part of this breaking news in Houston, which is David Culley. I follow the NFL as closely as I think anybody. I watch a lot of football. Again, the day gig I have is pretty much, you know, we treat it like a national show. I'm paying attention to everything that happens in that league. I couldn't tell you who the hell David Culley was until last night when he was hot. I had no idea who he was, what he had done, where he had been. I, I knew nothing about this guy. And all of a sudden, he gets named the head coach of the Houston Texans. He's never been, Greg, a head coach at any level. And we know how that worked out with, you know, good old Freddie Kitchens in Cleveland. He's never been a head coach at any level. He's never been a coordinator in the NFL You look at this guy's resume, and correct me if I'm wrong, Greg, and he's 65 years old. He's been in football for a long time. There is nothing on this cat's resume that tells you he's an NFL head coach. (laughs) Nick, to tell you the truth, I didn't really know who he was. (laughs) I mean, I I had heard the name, and I think I might have met him before, but seriously, some of the pictures that I saw the other day of him in different uh, in different jerseys, different coaching shirts, like at different places. I'm like, wait, he was with the Redskins. Wait, he was with the Ravens. Wait, he was he like, he's been all over the place. He is yeah. just look. And I texted a couple people, be like, what's the deal with this guy? And everybody universally is like, awesome guy, just the best guy. Yeah. Well, what kind of head coach is he going to be? And it's basically like, he's a great guy, awesome guy. <laughs> like that. That's. That's what you get. And and look, you know. He's got good energy, Greg. He's got good, great energy. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what the Texans need. I mean, I'm never going to dismiss anybody. Right. He um, ended up being a good head coach, but there's nothing on the resume. I mean, you no, look, no. Not, he was the Philadelphia wide receivers coach. Philadelphia's wide receivers, that core was awful. They never developed. They, they never got better. They brought in Terrell Owens, which made him look better as a coach, I guess. But that was T.O. That yeah. wasn't David Culley. 
Uh, and he's right now, you look at his, his most recent job. He's the passing game coordinator of a team that never passed the Baltimore Ravens. Mm -hmm. We've watched the Ravens play and we've said, my goodness, what if they had a passing offense? The guy who was responsible for that just became a head coach. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just think it's, I, I just think it's ridiculous, and I just think back to, um, and and this was my, this was my advice going back to uh, when Nick Casario was hired as GM. There was, um, if Jack Easterby was really about what was best for the Houston Texans and Nick and his buddy Nick Casario, he would have resigned on the spot. And, yep. and like, just do it publicly and just go, go wherever you're going to go, South Carolina, wherever you're from, Georgia, whatever, and just sit at home and just talk to Cal McNair over the phone, like, and, and talk to Nick Casario over the phone, like resign publicly, but you're still getting paid. Cal McNair will pay you forever. Just stay home. Just make yeah. a big public show of it. That would have given them a chance. It would have given, given Casario a chance, but of course, this was never about what's best for the Texans or Nick Casario. This has always been about what's best for Jack Easterby from his exit to uh, exit from New England to what he's done in Houston, the Bill O'Brien stuff. It's all been about what's best for Jack Easterby. And now what's good for Jack Easterby has put the Houston Texans in the toilet. I want people to absorb this. I want people to truly appreciate this. Cal McNair, the owner of the Houston Texans picked Jack Easterby over Deshaun yep. Watson. Mm -hmm. He picked Easterby over Deshaun Watson. Just think about that for a moment. It's it, it, a lot of it centers around Cal McNair losing his father, uh, never really getting over that being sort of lost in the wilderness, looking for somebody to help him for leadership. It was such, it was such an opportunistic situation for Easterby to fall into the perfect situation. Uh, and it's and it's just left a franchise in ruin. By the way, before we move on to the Patriots and, and other teams, I just want to point out to people that the Houston Texans fired an offensive head coach during this season. They went 4-12, and 12, and Deshaun Watson completed 70% of his passes yep. for 4,800 yards, <laughs> 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions on a 4-12 and 12 garbage team. He's a leader. With re receivers going in and out of the lineup, barely any running game, a terrible offensive line. I mean, you want to talk about MVP seasons or greatest seasons ever by a quarterback? I'm telling you, this is up there with any of them. What he's done this season, he is he is he is elite and a half. Yes. I just wanted to say that before we no get in, that can lead us into this. I agree with you wholeheartedly, my man. I mean, the second half of the season, especially. Yep. You know, I don't know. You can look at Patrick Mahomes, obviously. I would have a hard time finding another quarterback that I would want right now heading yep. into the next six, seven, eight, ten years than Deshaun Watson, which leads us into, boy, oh, boy, it is going to be a king's ransom. Or maybe not because he does have a no-trade clause, which makes you wonder if he directs himself to a certain team, I don't know, say in New York slash New Jersey, uh, yep. will that team have to pay less? And that's why I think this links with the Patriots. I don't think the Patriots have a shot in hell unless Deshaun Watson walks into Casario's office and says, send me to New England. I don't think they have a chance to land Watson. But according to Armando Salguero last week of the Miami Herald, Watson has the Jets at the top of his list. Yep. So you look at what the Jets have, the number two pick, 
They made that trade with Seattle for, with Jamal Adams, right? And, and they have extra picks that they can give. They have a boatload of picks. They have a boatload of cap space. They have Robert Sala, who I don't think coincidentally is one of the names, again, that Deshaun Watson brought up to, yep. Houston to interview for the head coaching position. I think Deshaun Watson is a Jet, and it might happen by, I don't know, like tomorrow. Yeah, I Nick, I, I I think you're I think you're correct as far as the Patriots. I agree with you. I don't think the Patriots like I would put their percentage is about one point five percent. I think that Belichick and Casario's relationship might get Belichick a conversation with Deshaun, but that's it. I mean, because you know, look, if you're the Houston Texans, well, first of all, Deshaun has all the power, like you said. <laughs> he has. He has rebelled against everything New England the past year. Suddenly, now he's going to go to New England and and play for Belichick and uh, you know the in his mind a place where he's not going to have any fun. He didn't have any fun. Uh, wh- what's going to be different about this? Secondly, as far as what the Patriots can offer, if you're the Houston Texans, the number one thing you want is the next quarterback. Yep, the next guy to put on the poster. To me, Sam Darnold is nice, but I, I I wouldn't want Sam Darnold in this situation. I want the number two overall pick, which the Jets yep. have. Yep. So I am I am assured of getting whichever quarterback I want, and you know it could be Fields, it could be Wilson, it could be Trey Lance. I don't know. Uh, it could be one of those guys. I, I want the number two pick. The Dolphins are also in this because they have the number three pick, but I want the number two pick. I want the Jets. First two round picks, uh, first round picks this year, two of them. Yep. Um, the Dolphins also have two first round picks. I want their first round pick next year. And then if I'm the Jets, I'm I'm trading Sam Darnold to somebody else. I and agree. I'm getting, I'm recouping on that. So at least I'm getting something. But that's why the Patriots can't offer a quarterback in any way, shape, or form. Yep. Um, no, Jared Stidham doesn't do it. The Mac Jones um, at 15, maybe? Mac Jones, Greg? Mac jo- Can I sell you on Mac Jones? That would be a no. Uh, they had they had a AJ McCarron there. He actually might be on still on the roster. I'm not sure, but um, they uh, even though I do think Mac Jones is going to be better than that, uh, but I think he's going to be a starter. I agree with you. I think that um, the Patriots just ha- they they have nothing that they can offer. Yeah, the Texans or even Deshaun Watson to get this done. Like it, you know, if you had a quarterback that maybe you didn't like, okay. Um, or a higher draft pick, but they don't have enough. If the 15th overall pick gets you nothing, you can take Nikhil Harry and, and, you know, shove him. I'm not, whatever. That's not a trade ship. Neither <laughs> is JC Jackson going into a free, uh, restricted free agency year. Um, let's see who else is they? Stefan Gilmore, an old injured cornerback who wants a big contract is not. No, the Texans are going to go through a total rebuild with a quarterback. You come can't on, offer that. Get this left guard by Joe Tooney. They can send him yeah. Joe Tooney. Joe, to come right on. Right now, they, they they can send him Tooney and Mason. <laughs> and uh, Andrews is a free agent. And, and Casario's there. Like, like it's it's not happening. Um, oh. You need three, probably three first-round picks. Yep. Two this year, one next year. Yep. And that gets you a quarterback. And that's what you need. And that's the rebuild. And that's where the bidding starts. All right. I got a bigger picture topic to uh, discuss with Greg. But before we get to that bigger picture topic, and you don't want to miss a second of that, 
let's talk about betonline.ag, Greg. Obviously, we got the Super Bowl coming up in, in less than two weeks. We got a lot going on, though. Basketball, all sorts of stuff going on. Celtics, tough loss last night. Brad Stevens apparently felt like he needed to play every single Celtic that was available to him last <laughs> night uh, in the first half of the game, by the way. But uh, let's uh, let's talk about betonline.ag. And don't forget about how the Bruins uh, apparently can only win games and shoot out in overtime right now. Yeah. But uh, there is only one place that has you covered, one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code CLNS50 for your 50% welcome bonus. By the way, I was just looking at prop bets for the Super Bowl at BetOnline. These things are crazy. First character to appear in a DoorDash commercial. <laughs> Rover. Grover is the favorite at plus 200, followed by Cookie Monster and then Cook Kermit the Frog. And by the way, um, Mr. Snuffleupagus is the long shot at plus 250. I think the people need to put some respect on the name of Mr. Snuffleupagus. Yeah, Snuffleupagus is the dude. We, we, we need Snuffleupagus. We need a lot more love with uh, Snuffleupagus. And I mean, it, it even says, even says which favorite Cheetos is plus 300 as the long shot. This stuff is crazy. There are all sorts of prop bets. Get in there and bet this stuff over at Bet Online. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so before we get to the BostonSportsJournal.com member question of the day, I want Greg Bedard to sit back and, and think about this. For the last oh 20 years, the last 20 years we've been talking about the AFC East and how much it sucked. It was, it was Tom Brady and nobody else. Yep. You know, the, the Patriots just, uh, Dan Shaughnessy's tomato can theory and all that crap. I want you to envision this, Greg, for one minute. The AFC okay. East 2021, just the quarterback position, my friend. Buffalo Bills have Josh Allen. The Miami Dolphins have Tua Tungavailoa. The New York Jets have Deshaun Watson. And the Patriots have Matthew Stafford. Could if, if things fall that way, think about that division. Allen, Stafford, Watson, and if Tua develops to be the guy that some think that he's going to end up being, this goes from, oh, it's a one-team division for almost 20 years to maybe, when you look at the quarterbacks, maybe the toughest division in all of football if the dominoes fall a certain way, Greg Bedard. That's pretty interesting there, uh, Nikki. I think that um, I think that you might be right, and I was just I was just clicking on just to remind myself. But what's also interesting and coincidental, not really, it might might have been purposeful, is that you look at Tom Brady next year. And he could be in a division with uh, Taysom Hill, um, Teddy Bridgewater, and Matt whatever Ryan. rookie that Matt Ryan slash whatever rookie they have. Yeah, that's a good in point. Atlanta. That's a good point. So all of a sudden, Tom goes. It's it's like the AFC all over again. Tom, that's the secret. Everything comes up Brady. I'm telling you. Yeah. What? What? Let's see. Let's stop the storylines about how Tom Brady has created football in Tampa. That. You know, there were a bunch of tumbleweeds, just people bumping into each other on practice field until Tom Brady drove down with his Lombardi trophies and his fancy car from Boston down to Tampa. 
and he pulls in and, and there's goober Bruce Arian saying, Tom, we don't know how to run any plays. Can you help us? And uh, Tom out and said, no, it wasn't any of that. It was the key to Tom Brady's success. And this is just driving the TB12 and on so crazy right now. They are so mad that I'm even joking about this because they're, they're dead serious about how much Tom Brady means to a football team is, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was the division and the quarterbacks and Tom left at the exact right time when the AFC East was about to finally, after 20 years, become a real quarterback division. Now he leaves. And now the, the NFC South is the new AFC East. It's brilliant. The, the man is brilliant. There's a, there's two more things. I'm uh, thinking about this. I don't think this is a coincidence. You and I had a conversation going back a few weeks ago and you said, Nick, talking to people in the facility, behind closed doors, Bill Belichick has changed. There was a moment at some yeah. point this season, might have been the Buffalo game, but there was a moment when Belichick realized this roster wasn't good. And the the idea that he was going to go into this offseason and approach it business as usual, according to the people that you spoke with, yep, that was not the case. Belichick had realized the error of his ways. He had looked mm-hmm. back in the rearview mirror and he said, Damn it, I've done some wrong here. I got to right the wrong. And I remembered that. I stuck a pin in that. And I think we can take what you said a few weeks ago and we can fast forward to the AFC Championship game when at the end of the game, uh, Tony Romo mentions that the Patriots, he thinks, will be back in the hunt, Will could be back in the AFC Championship game next year because, you know, Bill Belichick, he's got a lot of cap space. Romo said that, and I thought of what you said a few weeks ago. Then I'm reading Tom Curran this week. And Tom Curran writes at NBC Sports Boston that Belichick is going to be, from what he's heard, uncharacteristically aggressive this offseason. Then, mm-hmm. then I read Mike Reese at ESPN. And Mike Reese says something along the lines of, well, looking at how Belichick has handled the offseason the past few years, looking at the current situation with this team, Belichick should be, should show urgency. Now, maybe you'll call me I'm crazy. Maybe you just call me crazy and say, Nick, this is normally, tin- no, normally not your face, normally it's behind <laughs> your face, tinfoil hat, whatever the hell you want to say. I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think Greg Bedard heard what he heard several weeks ago and we talked about it on this podcast. I don't think it's a coincidence that Tony Romo is throwing out there, hey, they got a lot of cap space, and I could see them being in the AFC Championship game next year. Tom Curran's report, Mike Reese's report. Those are four people, four people that I do think have sources and are plugged in who all agree across the board this offseason is going to be different. And I can't help but think that Belichick already knows what we think is going to happen, he already knows it's going to happen. I could only think that Belichick understands that Deshaun Watson is going to be a New York Jet. And I only think that Bill Belichick looks at the film of Josh Allen and says, he just keeps getting better and better, and Brian Dayball is returning. Call me crazy, but I think we're going to see a heck of an offseason from Belichick. I think the urgency is going to be there, and I do think that makes the Patriots. I'm not telling you they're going to land him, I do think that makes the Patriots a player for Matthew Stafford because I think Belichick understands we got to be better at quarterback. And especially looking at this division with who else is playing that position, 
we can't just bring in a Jag. We need somebody who can kind of hold up because if Deshaun Watts is going to put 35 on us, we got to get a quarterback that has a chance to put 35 on them. I I don't disagree with that, Nick. Um, by the way, on Romo, I was just waiting for him to tag on there. And make sure you check out CBS Sporting Club. They're a Patriot place in Foxborough. It's spectacular, along with the Buffalo Wings. It was, a, it was, it was such a paid spot by the Crafts and the Patriots. Um, even though I do agree with them, and I think we've sort of talked about it before. But look, the reason I got all sort of ape crap about the Alex Smith discussion was because it wasn't about Alex Smith. It was about... All right, look, I can I can be on board with the Patriots going seven and nine and being terrible. And right. really, when we look at it in reality, they were out after week eleven when they lost to Deshaun Watson and right. the Houston Texans. Um, I can go through that and understand that if it's a one year blip and you know you you deal with the salary cap, you save every penny to put it in the next year because you're gonna make major moves and have major upgrades, and that includes quarterback. Like, no, I am not going through. 2020 with the Patriots like that to have Alec freaking Smith and a bunch <laughs> of average Joes out there running around on the turf. No, I agree. It's, I agree. it's not happening. So yeah, Belichick realizes what he has to do. I think this Brady stuff does help that. Um, I, I don't know about the Stafford thing. I look, I think Stafford Darnold, I think he's going to be in on, on all those guys, or at least he's, he's going to talk to people. I still think, Bill and his gut will be rooting for the 49ers to make a deal for one of these guys. Um, you know, could be Deshaun Watson. Who knows? I doubt it. But Stafford or somebody like that. So then that frees up Jimmy because I think that's actually their preference just because he knows the system. He'll come here. He's not going to bitch about things. He'll take the contract, what have you. Um, oh, and by the way, related to Deshaun Watson. So Bill Belichick and the Crafts won't have a quarterback make more than like 18% of their salary cap, but they're going to trade like thir three first round picks and a bunch of things for a quarterback on a big contract. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. But anyways, I don't think. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Like I think I, I, Belichick knows the deal. He, he has to, he, he went out there, he made all these excuses and basically it came down to, all right, we're taking a hit this year. That's basically what he said. We're taking a hit for this year. If it start if it if it happens again next year, he's screwed and everybody's against him. He, he yeah, he's gonna make major moves this year. It has to quarterback has to be one of the major moves, or else we're gonna be stuck in the same spot. I agree with you. Let's get to BostonSportsJournal.com's member question of the day. Uh, eleven cents a day on their annual plan. You get top notch analysis of all the Boston Pro Sports. You also, of course, get video analysis from Bedard. He does on the coaches film and direct access to him in uh, his weekly chats. And this is going to continue the conversation. Mike Arrow, uh, he asks, I love the idea of getting Stafford or Rodgers, and I think Rodgers remains in Green Bay, by the way. Uh, but why would any of those guys want to come to New England, Greg? Well, yeah. And and Mike went on to say, you know, lack of weapons, all this stuff. Like, look, you know, and and Mike's one of my uh one of my most passionate subscribers over there. Uh love the guy. He's a huge Patriots fan, and I get his passion. And he wants his team to do well, but he he falls into these storylines a lot, and and the perception over the reality. Like, look, nobody is expecting the Patriots next season, and this falls into you know our conversation that we just had. 
that the Patriots are going to run out there with Nikhil Harry and Jacoby right. Myers and Demir Bird and uh, you know Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Bill knows. Trust me. Bill is well aware of the shortcomings where he has put this offense over the past few years. And he realizes that he made a mistake. He thought that they could deal with it, that they, you know, the scheme and quarterback and this and that could all mesh together and overcome all that stuff. And it, it, it didn't happen. And that's fine. I'm not blaming Bill. We all make decisions and, and they're not always right. And he's human, what have you. He gets that one year where, you know, they were not very good, but he realizes what the deal is. He is going to get people. And, and look, if you're a quarterback, anybody, and first of all, you might not have that much control about where you go, but if you're, if you're trying to win a Super Bowl in your last four or five years in the NFL, and you've never won before, you don't know what winning looks like, who are you going to go with? I don't care who is at wide receiver. Look at all the Lombardi trophies, and Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. Yep. He'll figure it out. I, I would rather – who are you going to go with? Him or, I don't know, Nick's, name some random coach out there. Like that – I mean, you look, Kyle Shanahan's been on the big stage twice with the Falcons and the 49ers, and he choked in the fourth quarter both times. You going to go with him <laughs> or Bill Belichick? Yeah. I mean, look, and I love Kyle Shanahan. I would go play for him in a second. I think he's going to win multiple Super Bowls. But I'm going with Bill. Sorry. <laughs> And yeah. he'll figure it out. And people talk about great quarterbacks and all that. You know, there have been a lot of really good slash great quarterbacks that have been ruined by mediocre coaching. There's been a yep. lot of really good quarterbacks. And that's why I don't say, like, you're telling me Brady would have gone to, you know, nine Super Bowls with any coach. Get out of my face with that. And I'd also say this. Let me flip the script quickly. You could look at this and say, oh, seven and nine, they sucked. That team's going nowhere. Look at the weapons. <laughs> or if you want to take the emotion out of it, and, and that's what we're dealing with, Greg. We're, we're dealing with people's emotions. Yes. Take the emotion out of it. If you are making a business decision, business decision, and you're looking at New England, you might actually say to yourself, okay, so wait a minute. Miami was right on the brink of being a playoff team. The Bills were the second best team in the conference. They had a quarterback who couldn't get out of his own way, was literally one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL. They had no weapons at wide receiver or tight end that, that you could depend on. But yet, they won seven games? Mm -hmm. They were one game away from 500? Man, Belichick's a pretty good coach. And they got $60 million in cap space, and they've got the highest first-round pick they've had in years? What if they actually add to that team? So you know what? Yeah, I want to have a conversation with Bill because I want to know what the plan is. And what if yeah. Bill sits down and says, hey, listen, last year on offense, we sucked. We're going to change that. Here's my plan. Passes it across the table. Now, you don't look at the team as a 7-9 and nine declining team falling off of the Max Kellerman cliff, blah 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 You look at a team as, like you said, Greg, okay, one down year. They hit the reset button. They've got cap space. They've got draft picks. They've got the greatest coach of all time. I believe in my own ability, by the way, because I am one of the better quarterbacks in the league. I think alone, just me, Matthew, St you put Matthew Stafford on this team this past season, they win nine, 10 games. So if, if, I'm, if I believe in myself, 
and then I believe in Belichick, then I could easily come up with a scenario that this team is a 10 or 11 win team and we're getting into the dance. And if I'm Matthew Stafford or Deshaun Watson dealing with what I just dealt with this past year, getting into the dance sounds pretty damn good to me. Appreciate it, brother. <laughs> He's Greg. I'm Nick. Of course, this is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. We'll catch you next time. Be good, be safe, be healthy.